welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 104, Letting Go. One thing I've noticed that most men who get interested in the Warrior King ethos have in common is... Let's call it a checkered past, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you were some sort of troublemaker or you were into things you shouldn't have been into, which is often the case, and it was the case for me, certainly. But it can also mean that you had a hard childhood or maybe a hard life over the last few years, something along those lines. Really what I mean by checkered past is someone whose life hasn't been all that fun for some extended period of time. So in my case, and I've alluded to this here and there before, you know, I was into things that I shouldn't have been into. I was behaving in ways that a man should not behave, you know, being very selfish, very pleasure-seeking maybe, and having no respect for people, having no regard for God and those sorts of things. And I've also seen some of the men who are into the ethos have been maybe bullied as kids, or very particularly happy. Maybe they have mental problems of some sort, depression, anxiety, not having the success that you want in some area of life. Maybe it's sports, maybe it's financial, maybe women won't look at you twice. What I'm really trying to say is that I haven't really noticed a man whose life has been very comfortable come to me and talk to me about these things. And that makes sense if you think about it. If you're going to commit yourself to being the best man you're supposed to be, generally that starts with wanting to make things better than yourself. Now, as far as starting points go, that one is as good as any. I don't like for you men to stay there, and I certainly don't want to stay there myself, because the life of the man really is meant to be self-sacrificial, right? We do this because we're called to do it. We're meant to be assets to the people around us. But a lot of times it starts with, I don't like my life, right? A lot of times it starts with, I don't like the way I look. I want to be muscular or lean. I don't like the fact that I'm always scared that I'm going to run out of money. I want to earn more money. I don't like the fact that women aren't interested in me. I want women to be interested in me. A lot of times that's where it starts. Now that's never where it should stay or where it should end, but often that's where it starts. Now I have lots of friends who are maybe very ambitious or hardworking who aren't particularly interested in God, and it tends to be the same thing, right? As I've noticed many times that men who get interested in God either were raised that way, or if you weren't, you know, just to really put it bluntly, something's wrong with you. You realize that something isn't the way it's supposed to be, and you want answers. What is life supposed to be like? What is it supposed to feel like? Why do I feel like this? Now, today's field log is entitled, Letting Go. And the reason I think that this is so important is because of what I just mentioned, is I'm going to venture a guess and say that every single one of you listening to this, if you've been listening for a while, you've, you know, if you've made it this far and you've listened to every field log or close to every field log, I'm going to take a little bet and say that if I were a gambling man, I would bet that you have some past experiences, some events that have happened in your life that are very painful for you. Right, I'm going to say that that's a relatively short bet. 
a man doesn't become self-sacrificing and hardworking if he hasn't experienced deep and profound pain. In fact, uh, my best friend and I often say to each other that every single man on his journey to becoming a man has to have his heart broken at least one time. Right, and that might sound very morbid or very pessimistic, but I really think that the process of being with a woman, falling in love, dating a woman, and thinking you're going to marry her, and then things don't work out for one reason or another, you know, maybe she cheats on you, maybe she leaves you, whatever it is, and having that disappointment is really a requirement. It's almost a rite of passage to becoming a man, because that deep, profound pain is going to cause one of two things to happen to you. Either you're, become a, you're going to become very hard of heart, right? You're going to close yourself off, and that might happen for a while. Or it's going to soften your heart, right? You realize that life can be painful. Things happen that we don't like, that we don't enjoy. And for that reason, you should be gentle and kind towards other people. Now, I think that anything that's required to becoming a man is required to becoming a warrior king, right? They're supposed to be synonymous. The life of the warrior king is meant to be a, a toolkit for you to express your masculinity in its greatest degree. Now, there are plenty of men in this world who don't live by these tenets, who don't live by the seven commitments, and they're still complete men, right? We have different callings. Different men have different callings. If you're a monk or a priest or any number of other callings in life, maximizing your wealth and your physical strength and thinking about things like your physique might not be the way for you. But men living the warrior king life are a subset of all men. So anything that's required for all men is required for warrior kings. So all of that to say that I'm pretty confident that every single one of you listening to this, if you've been listening consistently, if you're drawn to this material, has had some events in your life that were painful. Either you had your heart broken or you've lost a parent maybe, or you had a dysfunctional family, or you were very skinny, right? That was the case for me. I really didn't like the way I looked. I was very skinny. I didn't feel like a man. Or you were very overweight, right? That can also make you feel like less of a man. Whatever it is, there's something in your past that might still, to this day, be holding you prisoner. And that's okay. Not the fact that it's holding you prisoner, but that you had an event like this, right? It doesn't make you less of a man. I think it makes you more of a man to have gone through pain like that, to have gone through trials like that, right? You hear this all the time. Pressure makes diamonds. Maybe you were bullied in school. Pressure makes diamonds. Maybe you struggle with anxiety or depression. Pressure makes diamonds. On that last one, I really recommend you read The Mood Cure. I've brought this up before. Fantastic book. I'll put it in the show notes as I've done in the past that you can get a copy if you're interested. So all of that being said, it's likely that you have things in your past that are weighing on you, right? And because of that, I want to talk about the idea of letting go, right? What does it mean to let go? How can we let go? Why should we let go? Right? It started at the beginning. What does it mean to let go? I mean, this one's obvious. There is stuff that you might still think about. There are things that have happened to you that are painful for you. The memory is painful for you, right? You might wake up in the morning and think about that way that people used to treat you in middle school, or you think about that girl that you fell in love with and who left you or whatever it is, right? These painful things that made you feel like less of a man, that made you feel like you were powerless, 
And letting go is moving on from the emotional bond that these things have with you, from the emotional hostage that you are to these things. You can't be an effective man if you have old pain coming back again and again and again. First of all, that's no way to live, right? There's, there's no benefit that comes from constantly feeling like this, right? It's just going to demotivate you. It's going to make your life harder. It's no way to live. Second, and I'm sure you may have heard this before, wisdom is knowledge or experience without the emotion, right? Something happens to you. It's very painful. You learn your lesson. It stays painful, but then eventually the pain fades and all you're left with is the lesson. That's wisdom, right? Something happens to you. You learn from it. And when you think back to it, it's just rational. You know, the pain is gone. So letting go is the process of divorcing the emotional pain from the thing that happened to you and keeping just the lesson, right? That's why there is no substitute for experience. I say this all the time, right? I was relatively successful all through school and college. I always thought I was the smartest kid in the room, right? Very arrogant, God forgive me. And I thought I knew better. I knew better than everybody. I knew better than my mom. I knew better than my teachers. I knew better than people older than me. And only over time did I start to realize just how many things I learned just by being around longer, right? If you live for 20 years, you learn 20 years worth of stuff. Hopefully, you're paying attention. You had another 10 years. There's an extra 50% of stuff that you're learning, especially because those last 10 years are adult years where you're sharper, you're smarter. Those first 20 years, a portion of that was childhood and then, you know, being a preteen and then a teenager. So now at 28, I know a lot more than I did at 18. And I've started to realize that there really is no substitute for experience. That you have to learn things by you have to learn things by experience, which is why, among many things, I think it's very important to honor your elders, even if an elder of yours is not as, I don't know, intelligent as you, as strong as you, as, as successful as you. Right? I experienced something the other day. I met my girlfriend's parents, and when the bill came out, I did my usual. You know, I grabbed the bill, I went to pay it, but her dad says no. Right? He goes for the bill, and I say, no, please, let me. And he just looks at me and says, no. Now, if any of my peers spoke to me this way, I wouldn't let it fly. But he's my elder, right? It's his, it's his right to speak to me this way and to, to insist and to put his foot down and to say that I'm going to pick up the bill. Now, the reality is that I've been blessed with business success, right? I really should be picking up the tab. But if he feels compelled to do it, you know, I said, absolutely, please. You know, here you go. Same thing with my mom. There are a lot of things that I know about that my mom doesn't know about, right? I've sort of been put into a position of leadership in my life, as, as you have, I'm sure. Otherwise, you wouldn't be interested in this material. Well, if my mom wants to chastise me or if she wants to raise her voice at me within reason, of course, that's her prerogative. I say, yes, ma'am. You know, she says, get up. Yes, ma'am. Go set the table. Absolutely. I don't speak to her that way. I would never speak to her that way. But she can speak to me that way. So small detours aside, experience is important. And the reality is just that when you have experience, when you live longer, some of those experiences will be positive. Many of them will be negative. So letting go is the process of removing the emotions so that all you're left with is the wisdom. And one more quick aside on that, one more quick tangent on that. Otto von Bismarck, the famous, I want to say, 
19th century German military leader, once said that people believe wisdom is learning from your experiences. I prefer to learn from the experiences of others. Which is, of course, very clever, very cheeky. The lesson for us being that you should try to learn from the wisdom of your elders, learn from the wisdom of people who've experienced things so that you don't have to go through the same pain to learn the lesson yourself. I was having this conversation with somebody, this idea of a lot of times things are bad for you, right? You know, the party lifestyle or fornication or drugs, but you won't really understand why it's bad for you until you've gone through it yourself. And I said to her, I completely agree with you. That being said, I would rather take the word of someone wiser and older than me and never understand why it's bad for me and have to go through the pain myself. You know, I might not quite get it, but I can rest assured that, it, that it's good advice if I trust the person and his or her authority. So you gain wisdom through your experiences. You gain wisdom through the experiences of others if you're willing to listen and humble yourself. But anytime you gain wisdom through your experiences, a lot of times there's going to be a process of letting go. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is why should you let go? Right? I've, I've explained what it means to let go, and it all sounds very fine and dandy, but why should you do it? Well, the simple answer is that holding on to pain is going to handicap you. Right? If you're constantly in a negative emotional state, doing your work is a lot harder. Now, as a man living the warrior king life, I really hope that you're doing everything in your power to work no matter how you feel. But I understand just how difficult that can be. Right? This happens to me too sometimes. Right? It happens to everybody. Is you wake up and you just feel awful and you're trying to get your work done and you know you have a responsibility, but you just don't have what it takes that day. Right? I believe in making the win easy. Right? We have a field log on this. Um, shoot, what was it called? It's ensure the victory, right? That's the title of the field log, ensure the victory. Look that up, scroll up, search it in your podcast app, you know, whatever you're using, you're using Spotify, just search it in the top bar, ensure the victory. You should live your life, you should set up situations in such a way that winning is as easy as possible, right? We like to glorify the struggle and the sweat and the work and bleeding and all of that stuff. And I do too sometimes. But that shouldn't come from making something as difficult as possible. It should come from making things as easy as possible and then taking on as much as you can with these easy tasks. So you can absolutely just power through, will through negative emotional states and trauma and emotional hurt and all of that stuff that we all have. Or you can work through those things, let go of those things and make the win as easy as possible, right? In reality, everything that we talk about here is very practical. Right? If there was some way, hypothetically, to live the Christian life where it was easy and virtually guaranteed that you would enter the kingdom, you should do that. Right now, of course, that doesn't exist. The Christian life is by necessity, by virtue of its very being, it's difficult. right? Because we have to suffer and struggle to be purified. If there was a way to be purified without suffering and struggling and make it easier, then we should take that. Because all that really matters is entering the kingdom. Unfortunately, that method doesn't exist. Right? There's no way to just make it easy. So we do it hard. But you, you make it as easy as you can on yourself. Right? You avoid secular thinking. You avoid... This is what? This is a commitment number five. Right? Mind. 
uh, what is it? I will not pollute my mind with demonic ideas. And I might be slightly paraphrasing that, but you can check that out. Link in the show notes below, right? Go to the Warrior King website, read the seven commitments. We also have an episode on that. You can listen to that if you want. But you're not going to pollute your mind with ideas that are going to be counterproductive, right? You're not going to be around people that are going to be counterproductive. We have a field log on that too. I think we might even have two on that, right? Uh, And again, I forget the title of them. We have so many of them now. But there's a field log on this idea that you are the average of the five people you spend time, the most time with. It's something about bad company corrupts good morals, right? That's a Bible verse. So you want to make it as easy on yourself as possible to live a holy life, a sanctified life. So the reason you should let go is because it's just more practical. First of all, you're going to feel better and who doesn't want that, right? And second, all of the things that you need to get done, I can tell you on days that I wake up and I'm well rested and I'm in a good mood, I just get after it and I crush it, right? I get it done. Everything that needs to get done. And I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. Some mornings you wake up and you're just feeling good. You know, maybe you've been eating clean, you've been working out, things have been working out for you. And then you do what you're supposed to do. You're really motivated. Now, of course, you can't rely on that, but you should try to make that happen as often as you can. So the argument for why you should let go is as simple as that. It's holding you back. Right? Admit to yourself that whatever trauma you have, whatever hatred that you're experiencing towards other people, which of course isn't the Christian way to view things unless you feel hatred towards an injustice, right? Anger towards injustice is Christian. The Lord hates the wicked, the scriptures tell us. So that begs the question, how do I let go? Now, a usual disclaimer, right? I'm not a priest, I'm not a theologian. We're going to get into some theological things here. Please consult your priest if you're having trouble letting go of certain things. But I will give you some insights that have helped me, some advice I've gathered throughout the years that is nutritional in nature, mental in nature, spiritual in nature. Of course, I'm not a professional in any of those things. Read the disclaimer in the show notes. That being said, I'm going to share my personal experience in the hopes that it's useful to you. The first thing I will say is, and I like to start here because I feel like this is very fundamental, is you have to get your physiology in order. If you're eating McDonald's three times a day, if you're eating Chick-fil-A and Taco Bell and Wendy's and you're eating seed oils and you're eating high carbs and bread and you're constantly experiencing anxiety or depression or lack of energy or you're very emotional, your body is not in the state that it should be, which the mood cure is going to help you with, right? And like I said, I will put a link in the show notes for you. If you haven't read it already, do yourself a favor, right? This has nothing to do with me. I'm not an Amazon affiliate, right? I don't get money when you click on the link. I don't want the money. I want you to be as effective as you can be. It does nothing for me for you to read this book. It does something for you. Get your nutrition in order. Get your neurotransmitters in order. If your physiological state isn't allowing you to feel calm, if you don't have the neurotransmitters, GABA specifically in this case, to feel calm, to not feel stressed, it's going to be a lot harder to let go. If you don't have the endorphins to numb everyday pains, emotional ones too, by the way, you are not getting enough phenylalanine, which is an amino acid, to build endorphins, it's harming you. If you don't have enough serotonin to feel good, to feel happy, if you don't have enough enough catecholamines, right, adrenaline, norepinephrine, those kinds of substances, 
to give you energy. It's harming you. So you have to make sure that when you wake up and you sit up and you just check in with yourself for a second, how do I feel right now? There's no bear in my bedroom trying to kill me. There's no great stressor right in this moment. But do I feel stressed? Do I feel scared? Do I feel emotional pain? That's the case. There's something wrong with your body and you have to fix it. The second thing that you have to do is the mental work, right? This is the second avenue. Human beings are a amalgamation, if you will, of body, mind, and spirit. The church fathers tell us this. We have a body like the animals. We have a mind or nous, N-O-U-S, like the angels. And we have a soul, right? Sometimes these are referred to slightly differently. Body, mind, and soul. Body, mind, and spirit. Body, spirit, and soul. It's the same idea. You have to get your mental states in order, right? You might have to go and work through things mentally. You might have to think back to painful experiences and try to reframe them in your mind, right? And there are some professionals that you can talk to about this. I recommend going to your priest and having him recommend a professional, right? I know a girl whose therapist is an Orthodox priest. Of course, that's the perfect setup, right? And different people have different opinions on therapy, I tend to have a more positive view of it than some other people might. Either way, there might be some cognitive shifts that have to happen in your mind. So step one, you have to make sure that your body is, let's say, primed to forgive. You have to be in an emotional state that's healthy, that's positive, that allows you to forgive if you need to and let go of certain things. The second thing is that your mind has to be in the right place. And the third thing is the spiritual aspect, right? There is a technique that my priest taught me that I use to this day, right? I'm 28 years old, right? I've experienced things. I've experienced betrayal. I've had friends, good friends, do things to to me that are absolutely despicable. And that can have you feeling very bitter, right? You don't want that. You have to forgive. When Peter asked the Lord, I think it was Peter, St. Peter asked the Lord, how many times must I forgive? Seven times? And the Lord says, not seven times, but 70 times seven times, right? Which is to say again and again, right? Really, it's, it's metaphorical for you have to forgive infinitely. We're told to love our enemies, told to love the people who hate us. We're told to call brothers, even those who hate us. So when you have animosity towards somebody, when you have ill will towards somebody, it doesn't even have to be your fault, right? Something like this happened to me recently where someone was speaking poorly about me behind my back right? And not just gossip, but backbiting, right? Making things up about me that aren't true. My first instinct, right? Reverting back to my old self was to confront this person with anger, with intimidation, and basically intimidate him into submission. But then, of course, God spoke to me and said, that's not the way. That's not the way that a Christian man handles a situation like this. You have to make peace. Even if someone started it, you will end it peacefully. Now, the technique that my priest taught me is to take the Jesus prayer, which I've mentioned before, sums up the entire gospel. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And if you're experiencing anger or hatred or hurt towards somebody, take the Jesus prayer and substitute the word me out and substitute in the word of the person that you're feeling those feelings towards. So if 
some guy, I don't know, Michael, did something that hurt you or upset you, you would pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on Michael, the sinner. And I can guarantee you, if you pray that for even five minutes, if you keep praying that God, that Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, have mercy on this person, on Michael, right? Our hypothetical aggressor, a sinner, basically saying that you want God to have mercy on this person for everything he's done, things he's done to you, things he's done to other people, and acknowledging that he's a sinner. How can you fault a person for being a sinner, knowing that you yourself are a sinner? Start praying that for a couple of minutes, the feelings go away. I've experienced it again and again and again. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, and my priest said, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night, it's usually, in his opinion, God wants you to pray for somebody. So you wake up, maybe some person comes to mind, you remember a past hurt, start praying for that person. And if you pray for somebody, first of all, that person has done something. Let's say you're right and he's wrong. That person's done something to you that's not acceptable. That person needs prayers. And it's going to help you a long way towards forgiveness if you give that person those prayers. So I want to end today's field log by saying that Letting go isn't just good for you, it's your duty, right? Just as Christ forgave us, forgive us, just as Christ forgave us our sins, we are told to forgive the sins of others, right? Same is true for God the Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? If God has mercy on you, you should feel compelled to have mercy on others. And that's what letting go means, right? You might have had a very hard childhood. Understand that that has made you into the man that you are today. You might have had a very hard early adulthood, you know, floating around aimlessly, not knowing what to do with your life. That has made you the man you are today. It's motivated you to be better. It's motivated you to, to love others, to sacrifice yourselves, to, to work hard so that in the future, your family won't have to go through those things so that you can have healthy children. So do that today. Pull out your notes app. Pause this episode. Pick a time. Think through the people who've hurt you in the past. Think through the events that have hurt you. You know, maybe grew up poor and it still weighs on you. And pray about it, right? Recommit yourself to eating clean and making sure that your body's healthy so that you can feel the way you're supposed to feel. Do the mental work. Do the spiritual work. And move forward. Let go. These things are weighing you down. They're holding you back. They're keeping you trapped in your past. That doesn't help anybody, least of all you. But if you eat well, if you do the mental work, if you pray for yourself and for other people, those things are going to take you a long way towards letting go. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course the Warrior King newsletter. 
If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.